Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Absolutely Epic Early Week Podcast, week number 14. We're at the quarter pole, down the stretch. This is where I usually say usual suspects, but it's not the usual suspect. Well, well, one usual suspect is here. It's one Grant Neeper. Grant, how's, uh, how's week, uh, week 14 looking to I mean, I mean, week 14 looks super interesting. Week 13 traded me all right. I had near 100% Carlos Hyde, and luckily most of my play was over on Fancy Draft. And because I had Carlos Hyde, I was able to get Keenan Allen. So it looked like I was absolutely dead in the water until that absolute explosion on Sunday Night Football. So things didn't turn out too bad for me this week. I, I, I made a bit of money, which is way better than I thought it would happen. You were saying that some people on the Twitter machine that gave you the business as far as recommending Carlos Hyde. You recommended him, of course, on Grinders Live Sunday morning. And you, you pointed out, and this is a good point, because almost always – uh, like if I recommend somebody, like I, I give like a hard sales pitch, uh, and they don't do well, uh, there's a very good chance I'm losing money too. So <laughs> that that makes you feel better if you followed along. Like Grant, the uh, you know I, you had some people hit you up, but like it it also hurt you. Uh, I guess that makes it feel better, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes it feel better. But I mean, the main thing was like I already told everyone not to do it on DraftKings, but fantasy, oh. or at least in cash on DraftKings, fantasy draft though, like it just the way it made my bills. Build happened like I fit in Kelsey, I fit in Keenan Allen. Things happened to work out for me. It wasn't not the most the smartest play, but obviously when your first carry ends in a fumble, your the game's entirely different after that. But you know what? I absolutely take it was bad advice. I stand by that entirely. I did not give out the best advice on Carlos Hyde, but you know what? Weird things happened that week anyway, so Process versus results. You're not. You're not going to use that uh, fallback, or no? You're just going to no, say. No, no, no. When I make a when I make a bad decision, I absolutely own it, and this was a very <laughs> bad decision. This is the point in the podcast where I normally say, "Hey, here's Bobby Fye." Unfortunately, Bobby Fye is unable to be with us. Uh, we tried to connect. He's having some internet issues, possibly due to the uh, the fires out there in California that's going to be uh, hindering his internet to some degree. So. We're going to bring on – now, this is without question. Like, this is the first person we thought – we didn't say, hey, let's see if Will's available. Hey, let's see if Big T's available. Hey, I wonder if Crazy Game is around. We said right away, let's call Mango. This is the guy we want. Travis Mango, number one draft pick. And thankfully, you were available to jump on the podcast. 
Yeah, man, I was I was killing the streets of Fortnite, and I decided to hop on. Uh, you know, I had I had the squad all available, and I said I gotta go, man. Uh, the the podcast is calling me, so uh, I do. Uh, happy to hop in. Uh, uh, regarding Carlos Hyde, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, no Carlos Hyde for me. I did not like him, so uh, I was very happy that people were rostering Carlos Hyde. I actually didn't even want to play Carlos Hyde, uh, even Spencer Ware news. I was trying to find my way off, so. Uh, looking back, man, I wish uh, I wish Kareem Hunt didn't do what he did because uh, everyone would have played Carlos Hyde except me. But uh, yeah, that's get... the reason why you wish he didn't do it. <laughs> well, he did. of course, yeah, that's a terrible I, reason. <laughs> well, I, I, I really, I mean, I wish he didn't do it because that's a terrible thing to do. But uh, yeah, you know, I just uh, it was it wasn't even a good week for me. It doesn't even matter. Uh, I, I did not come through with a W. Uh, didn't need a W on Sunday, but uh, eight one in NBA tonight, so that was good. Uh, have to pay tribute to Bobby throughout the show and do things that Bobby would say. So uh, I cashed with Gary Harris getting injured. So how's that sound? Well, it sounds like the purple person listening to this podcast on Tuesday is gonna be like, "What are you talking about? Who is a Gary Harris?" This is the football podcast, Bangone. I know it's an homage or a homage, however you want to pronounce it, but uh, just, let's try to stay on task here. All right, I'll, I'll do my best, but I, I'm going to pay tribute to Bobby. We're going to make the team throughout the show, too, the Bobby team, and uh, throw it in one of the tournaments. And if it ships the Millie Maker, uh, you know, we'll have to buy uh, we'll buy Bobby Internet for sure because uh, he's having some Internet problems tonight. So uh, happy to step in, though, for him and do my best. By the way, Grant, you think Mangone totally bought that he was the first person we thought of to jump on the podcast? No, no, I don't think he did. But he was, <laughs> he was ahead of Crazy Gaby. I, I, will, I will not <laughs> <laughs> on the family feud board like three out of a hundred said mango and it was <laughs> listen if you called crazy gaby before me I, I don't think we'd talk again That's all <laughs> we did the over on crazy gaby mentions by the way if you guys are listening at home uh three and a half was the over and there's the- five people listening saying who is crazy gaby you were correct people are going to start googling uh yeah the first guy like, who's gary harris second guy who was who was crazy gaby uh, we're going to talk about uh, – this is obviously a first look podcast. We record this on Monday night. Uh, we're looking ahead as far as next week. Uh, lots of things are going to change. We haven't done a full dive as far as analysis. I mean, hell, we, we got Van Gogh off, uh, off the joystick there. He was playing some, some Fortnite. So who knows, who knows how much he's dug in as far as the slate. But can I, I – Grant, before we get started, I know your whole thing is Grant's rant. Can I go on a little – just a little bitty rant? Is, are you okay with that? Can I steal your stick? Yeah, I'm fine. Nothing weird happened to me other than – before the show, I watched uh, the Victoria's Secret fashion show every episode from 2011 to 2018. Every episode? It's like a three-hour production. <laughs> you bitch watched Victoria's Secret? It's an hour-long thing. That's the exact definition of something weird happening. You can't see nothing weird happening. I just watched 21 hours of Victoria's Secret in the last eight years. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're, they're the hour-long episodes, and they're all up on YouTube, and they're very tastefully done. The music is incredible. <laughs> That's not the only reason I watch it, but the the, mu- the music shows are fantastic on it. Who was your favorite musician on the Victoria's Secret fashion show? Oh, it was probably Kanye back in 2012. Okay, you actually got an answer. Okay. Yeah, well, although Taylor Swift in 2013 was pretty good with Fall Out Boy. I did actually see that one. It actually was a good time, Grant. What? Are you, yeah. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, we, it's it's week thirteen. It's the quarter poll. Uh, you know, again, uh, we're starting to get a little saucy before the show even starts. I promise we're going to talk about the MSN. Sec- we sec- got most of our nonsense out before the show. There was forty five minutes of nonsense. We were supposed to start this over a half hour ago. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of it out of our system. Uh, what, uh, one thing I said I was tilting before the show, and I was tilting because prepare yourselves, guys. I know we're not supposed to talk about that in, uh, this in these parts. Uh, my season-long league? So my season-long league... No, no, skip, skip, skip. Nope, nope, uh, nope. 
All right. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, nobody wants to hear anybody's bad beats story. I, you especially know, especially the playoff bad beats, Dean. Like, that's even worse. But no, this, okay, but this is the playoff bad beat. They get uh, half the regular season pot, half the entire pot goes to the total points your team scores, right? Uh, I have Kareem Hunt. I have Melvin Gordon. I have James Conner. I have Brita. I lost by the entire season, the, uh, 13 weeks of accumulating stats, the very last play for Adams tonight, a three-yard carry. I lost by 0.2 fantasy points of 13 weeks of fantasy stats accumulated. I'm fully tilted. That's it. I don't right, know. We right. as far as he's All right, all right so regular DFS news. Um, I was – 0.7 points would have got me an extra four grand on the last drive by the Steelers last week. And then I had Connor and Brown. Connor gets yeah. injured, and then they throw a touchdown to his backup. And if it would have been Connor, that would have been an extra four to – with a touchdown, it would have been four to five grand. Okay, to you, man. That's like seven different postmates or something like that. Four grand? That's nothing. I mean, that's an entire year of Post Malone postmates. <laughs> this is the – this is the – I mean, this is about pride. I'm playing it. I have my one – whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize to the listeners. I apologize to you guys. I'll never talk about season-long fantasy again. Nobody cares. Everybody's in their story, and you're just going to nod and smile and say, like, I hope the story ends. All right. So, on to week 14, boys. Uh, of course, we talk about the main slate. The main slate now, uh, it has 13 games or 16 games entirely. Do not list the games that aren't on there. Let's just get into this. Well, it's dude. It's like three games. I was just gonna say, in case you're waiting for us to talk about like Jacksonville or Tennessee, because I'm sure people want some hot takes as far as high or forte. Uh, yeah, they're not playing. They're playing Thursday night. That's a typical Thursday night snoozer. Oh boy, uh, the Rams and Chicago play on Sunday night. We're not talking about them. And Monday night's Minnesota, Seattle. Uh, we're not talking about that either. We're talking about the main slate. Grant, you open it up as far as the slate and. Uh, there's some injuries we'll talk about, too, as far as the potential cheapies uh, as, as the week progresses. But what's the first thing you see? Uh, what's your overview as far as this slate? I mean, we have a potential Kansas City last week scenario with Pittsburgh going against Oakland this week, a very similar type scenario, not quite on the same pace. We have Tampa Bay versus New Orleans, which everyone thinks of Tampa Bay as just the worst defense in the league. It's not quite the point this year. And so the over-under on that game is interesting because Saints can still put up that many points on anyone. We've got the Chargers with Melvin Gordon potentially not being in going up against Cincinnati. It's a terrible defense. So we could potentially have some good spots there. We have Carolina with Cam, someone we always end up going with, but he's going up against a tough defense this week, and he didn't really perform that well last week going up against a much, much worse defense. Um, Atlanta versus Green Bay, how McCarthy – is going not being there is going to affect Green Bay in this scenario. We have Indy versus Houston, which is a great uh, rivalry, or it's a potential like huge playoff matchup here. So it actually means something, which is nice at this point in the season here. And yeah, then we have Baltimore and Kansas City, which obviously Casey underpriced going up against one of the best defenses in the league, and Lamar Jackson going up against a high scoring offense is a bit interesting. So those are the places that really stand out to me, and I. It's gonna you be mentioned, like, a bullet point in every game. How, how am I supposed to, like, break that down? You said every, well, you just that's, said, that's that was the first thing that stood out to me. So, like, that's – The first thing that stood out to you was nine, three, nine things? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, some people are able to not just compartmentalize <laughs> one thing. They're able to look at everything as a whole and be able to dissect the slate in that way. Sorry you don't have all my, my beautiful powers, my – DFS powers. <laughs> Mango, help, let, let, let's get a starting point. Where, where is your starting point? And I, that's probably a better way to frame this. Uh, what's the first thing? The first thing, Mango, not, not 12 things, not the family food board in, in its entirety. What's the first thing that jumped out to you as far as this league? 
Yeah. So the first thing that jumped out to me, I pulled it up Sunday and I was just looking, Hey, like, what do we have this week coming up? Like what pops off the page? And the first thing that popped off was, uh, you know, Saints bucks. Everyone's going to be loading up on that game. Uh, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys, those two guys are going to be, uh, you know, chalky options. It'll be Chris Godwin season again. I'm sure I'll have a lot of him. Uh, the site's underpriced him. So really like Chris Godwin, I think he is someone that I'm going to get a ton of exposure to on this slate. Another thing that really popped out to me. And again, like, uh, it's a tough matchup, but defenses don't matter. Right. I, I don't know if I'm the right podcast that talks about that but uh the Chiefs right they uh they're getting the Ravens who are really tough defense but the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league uh offensively one of the things to note too is DraftKings they have that algorithm that uh kind of prices guys down against tough defenses so I'm gonna get one of the best offenses in the league at a price discount like Travis Kelsey is 6,700 on DraftKings Ty free kill Ty flu kill whatever you want to call him he is eight thousand dollars uh He's really cheap, right? We had to pay nine, I think it was 9.1K we paid last week for him. And you get Pat Mahomes. Sure, he's still the most expensive quarterback on the slate, but he's only 7K. Uh, it is expensive, but, you know, Pat Mahomes is getting really pricey. And at this point in the season, I don't know if you know this stat, but Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have the same amount of touchdowns combined as Pat Mahomes. So uh, that Chiefs wow. offense is really good. So I, I do think that uh, they're going to be an offense that's just underpriced, uh, even though it's a tough defense. Man, go and bring the goods. That was a good stat, Grant. I, I don't think we're going to top that. That was pretty impressive. I don't like the pretty much. Me and Bobby always bring stats off the top of our heads because we can remember it. He's actually looking into stats and being prepared and stuff. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't like this replacement. <laughs> well, let's talk about that Kansas City situation first because, like, Baltimore, who wants to pick on Baltimore? But, like you said, man, Mahomes is getting a slight discount uh, as of what it was uh, what last week, 7.6K on DK. Now he's down to 7K. He's still the most expensive quarterback, Mangone. Uh, I imagine, I feel like we're going to have some cheapies opening up as far as injuries and guys not being priced up, so you probably can get there. And, you know, if you just play Mahomes and Kelsey, like, every single week, you're doing just fine. Like, why would you stop now, right? Uh, and, by the way, you don't get any, like, DK points for air yards, but Hill had – I don't – it must have been at least 150, maybe 200. He missed uh, – he was so – just, just missed having a monster day. Of course, he had, like, one 13-yard catch that deflected off like somebody's head or something like that. It wasn't even intended for him, but uh, you know, that's another podcast in its entirety, I suppose, Mango, as far as the air yards. But uh, are we going back? Are we afraid of Baltimore? Or are we, we're going to, we have to fire some Hill and some uh, homes and tournaments and nothing else. Yeah, it's definitely more of a of a tournament thing, not really the cash game uh, route to go. I kind of tried to build a cash team, and I was kind of having some issues with it. It wasn't the easiest uh, to pull off. You know, looking at, like, the running back position, like, that's where I typically try to build my cash game first. And, like, I saw Alvin Kamara against Tampa Bay, and, of course, I get really excited about that. Uh, looking at the top, right, like sure. McCaffrey against Cleveland, that's fine, but he's starting to get pricey. Uh, Barkley against Washington, not really the greatest matchup with that shoulder injury. Who knows? We got Melvin Gordon questionable, James Conner, uh, Aaron Jones gets that's like the most amazing matchup against the Falcons. But, uh, you know, everyone's scared about Aaron Jones, right? Because of what happened uh, with – What does Joe Philbin think of Aaron Jones? You're the Packers guy. What's the insight here? Yeah, so I did read something interesting. Like, Joe Philbin, when he was in Miami, he actually never called plays, so he's now calling plays. So uh, that's pretty <laughs> interesting to hear that he's, like, doing it. Like, is this the first time he's calling plays? Feels like Aaron Rodgers is just going to really be doing the play calling, though. Uh, but I do think Aaron Jones against Atlanta. I'm going to go back to the well. But I think people could be scared to do that, and I kind of think that's a mistake to be scared to. So uh, I like him. The one guy I wanted to talk about is Austin Eckler, uh, and we kind of talked about it before we get on here. And, I mean, Eckler is 6200 It's a great price, and it, he plays against the Bengals. And here's a fun uh, trivia for you guys, uh, and I'm going to use – I'm not going to count Sunday. Yeah, I'm not going to count Sunday's game because I don't have the exact stat on that. But in the last three games, excluding the Sunday game, how many yards do you think the Bengals had given up on the ground? 
Four hundred. Last three. Yeah, like like like. Uh, sorry, yards per game. How many have they given up? Not not total yards, Grant. Yards. One hundred and sixty. All right. What about you, Dean? I like how he's staying consistent. Nice job there, Mister Accountant. You could have said one hundred and fifty, but yeah, good job. Uh, right. That's that's divided by three, right? Uh, I'm gonna take yeah. this the over. I'm gonna take the over on that. I'm gonna win the showcase. Yeah, you you do win the showcase. It was 198. Now, here's the next question. Who was the next closest? Actually, it doesn't matter who's the next closest. What was the next closest yards per game on the ground? Uh, It's going to be the Rams with 158. Okay, what about you, Dean? Did he pull that stat? He said that with confidence, but I'm going to take the under on 158. Okay, it was the Rams at 170. And, uh, I mean, that's that's 28 yards difference. Like, that's an insane amount. Like, the Bengals defense, we know they're bad, but, like, they are awful on the ground. I think my point I'm trying to say is I don't know if Eckler's going to be the guy. I don't know if Jackson's going to steal some work. But, uh, ultimately, I think the Chargers are a rush game. We're going to want to invest in in tournaments, cash games. Like, they're definitely going to be a, uh, an offense that we want to invest in from a rushing perspective. Yeah, so here's the question. They're, they're two touchdown favorites against the terrible Bengals. Gordon, we don't know if he's going to play or not. We're, I think we're having this conversation under the assumption that Gordon's not going to play and Eckler's the next man up. We saw Jackson thrive last week in a small role. Does Jackson get more of a role? Do they kind of baby Eckler to some degree? How cautious are they, Grant? I mean, I mean, the thing with this offense is they've used Eckler mostly as a change of pace back. We have a two-game sample size without Gordon this season, one against Tennessee, which Eckler did not perform that well, and one this last week, which, again, Eckler did not perform that well. Uh, the Chargers really like to mix it up, and for a while there, I thought Anthony Lynn was just a big old dummy, and I have a whole lot of Chargers sources that watch way too many Chargers games, and they are pissed off about the use of Eckler and wondering if that's going to change. And then, of course, now when he actually got a role, it's it's not performed well. Um, so I think he's more of a change of pace back. And, I mean, Jackson, the thing is, he's not really a guy that's going to bang it up the middle over and over again. Um, he seems like a tiny guy just from what I saw this last night. Um, obviously, I haven't looked into it a terrible amount. But I don't know if Eckler is as much of a, of a lock or as much of a great play as everyone seems to think it is. We have Philip Lindsay at 100 more going up against the San Francisco defense when they're, what, five and a half point favorites, which I think that line's uh, pretty darn low. I think it's going to move to seven and a half within the next few days in all likelihood here. Um, they're not great versus run, but they're not bad. But Lindsay's a guy that whenever he's in the game can obviously just break things off. And also we have Joe Mixon uh, in a game where he could be heavily involved in the past games and David Johnson going up against the Detroit team that they have been playing better than people expected lately, but even still, uh, the Cardinals are only a two-and-a-half-point underdog here. So we have three guys within a $300 range of each other that all are getting a similar workload. And in my experience, like Lindsey Mixon and David Johnson are all better backs than Eckler. Okay, a couple things. Like, how much do you want of that Cincinnati offense? They just lost A.J. Green. Driscoll looks, like, brutal. What's the touchdown equity for Mixon? I mean, the touchdown equity is probably pretty significant since they're not going to rely on uh, – Driscoll that much they were just going up like everyone's going to look at this last week when Mixon didn't do well didn't do as well as everyone would have hoped and Driscoll didn't do that well but they were going up against one of the toughest defenses in the league which the Chargers are a tough defense and they have been underperforming for the majority of the year but now that they have Bosa back they're very different defense but we saw this defense be one of the worst in the league versus the run last year because they obviously have a great pass rush and some great cornerbacks they're looking like the great pass defense they are again so I'm guessing that Cincinnati is more likely to rely on the run, even in a bigger blowout game. Uh, Mixon still had 12 rushes for 84 yards, I believe, 82 yards last week. So he could potentially still be heavily involved here. I know Giovanni Bernard is stealing a lot of the 
touches in this game and a lot of the snaps, considering he's the third down back. But they still involve Mixon a decent amount every single week. I don't want a huge amount, but like I said, Philip Lindsay and David Johnson are 100 more expensive than 100 uh, cheaper. Uh, I'm seeing a 48 total as far as the Chargers are 14-point favorites. That's basically saying, what, 31-17? That's more or less what they have it as far as the team totals. How about that, Grant? I did that math in my head Look at it, because we don't have the team totals up just yet. There's no page. That's how early we do this podcast. Team totals not even available. At least I don't know where to find them. I'm not that smart on the internet, apparently. Um, so what was your thing I want to talk about? Oh, yeah, Lindsey. This is interesting. He, so they, uh, the issue with Lindsey, he's been great. He's been efficient. He's not getting as, as many snaps as I want, Mangone. But, okay, so they have 59 slaps, uh, snaps last week, right? 59. That's the Broncos. How many times was Lindsey on the field? Um, I'll say he was on the field for 33 of them. Yeah, I, mean, I was framing it, but 25. He was on the field. Of course, they were kind of blowing about too. And 80% of the snaps, he actually had a carry. 19 carries and one catch, I believe. Do you, do you want to hear yeah. something funny that Vance Joseph I just tweeted said? it out like an hour ago. Was Grant, you just steal my snap? You just pulled a crane? You, you stole my information? No, no. Someone else tweeted out about four hours ago. They also mentioned that Philip Lindsay right now is averaging more yards per carry than anyone in NFL history over the course of a season besides Jamal Charles and Emmanuel Sanders. Oh. So people think I'm a fraud with my tweet. I didn't see somebody else. I was the first one to see it. No, no, not a fraud, just a plagiarist. All right, well, well, speaking of frauds, Vance Joseph said, how many touches, uh, how many touches uh, he gets is predicted on the game. Hopefully we can get him more. That's what the coach said. Hopefully we can find a way to get him more. You're the one who controls it, Vance. Make it happen. <laughs> well, he, he controls it, but they're also heavily ahead for most of the game going up against a very bad defense. So it was fine throwing in other guys during that game. This weekend, it's probably going to be not quite as much of a similar scenario, although San Fran is really bad. They're looking to control the pace of the game and not give San Fran a bad or not give San Fran good field uh, whatever during the game, field position during the game. So I could potentially see them actually running the ball quite a bit more during this game, even though San Fran's not the worst run defense in the world. and They've actually been 24th in DVOA versus the pass. So Phil Lindsay could be involved for a heavy workload this weekend and – not like he needs a huge workload in order to get 30 points, apparently. Yeah, that, that, that's fair, Grant. I think, though, the other funny thing he says, we have playmakers, right? We have Emmanuel Sanders. We have Cortland Sutton. We have Royce Freeman. Like, wait, back the train up. Royce Freeman, he's not your playmaker. Just get Philip Lindsay the ball. But, I mean, it's uh, his teammate. I mean, it's his player. He's not going to tell him he's not like, a playmaker to his face. Oh, I, like, I mean, he, was, he wasn't actually physically close. there, but, yeah. Coaches. He's like, yeah, Freeman's kind of terrible. No, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, that, that was just a funny thing I heard Vance Joseph say on Lindsay. I mean, Lindsay's been incredible. I kind of regret uh, going uh, Aaron Jones over Lindsay because I kept saying throughout the week, I was like, man, like Aaron Jones and Philip Lindsay and the Aaron Jones and Packers, like and Philip Lindsay and the Broncos D, they're the same thing, but you get that for like 1500 cheaper. Like, what am I doing? Basically, that's what I was saying all week, and I went with Aaron Jones like a donkey instead. Both generational talents, too. If you, if you uh, go on the Twitter machine, you can figure that out as well, too. Um, but we all, it was Spencer Ware was all the rage last week because he was super, super cheap, right? Um, he wasn't special. He was fine, I suppose. What do you put, like 12, 12 DK points or so? He found his way uh, into the box as far as carries, as far as touches, as far as being on the field. Uh, 71 snaps, Grant, for, uh, for the Chiefs entirely. He was on the field for 49 of those. Katie uh, Williams on there for 19. Is somebody dealing a deck of cards? What is that? Oh, man, going <laughs> trying to be like Bobby. Yeah, just you know, had to, had to do a little Bobby tribute. You guys gotta, you can't forget the the bag uh, in the back. You gotta time that, bro. I'm a mid sentence. <laughs> like this, that's what that, Bobby. That is. was the point of it. Mid sentence. What am I gonna do? Wait for the pause? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, fair point. Uh, Grant Spencer, where go? 
Um, so it's an interesting scenario. It looks like they're signing Charge Andrick West, who obviously knows pretty much the entire uh, playbook from when he – Time is a flat there. circle. Yeah, yeah. Also, they're working out C.J. Anderson, so I don't think Andy Reid has a huge desire to actually give Spencer Ware that much of a workload. He's going to look to kind of even things out and use multiple backs here. And obviously, Church Kendrick West, I believe he was the third down back when Kareem Hunt was the starting back last year. I could be wrong there, but he's a guy that knows the offense. And C.J. Anderson, who knows, he was great at certain points and terrible at certain points, and obviously got cut by the Carolina Panthers. Um, the price tag isn't bad at 5.2. The problem is the matchup going against Baltimore here. Um, yeah. We're so heavy on where this last weekend, not only because of the price, but also because of how the matchup would look. And they assumed that Kansas City would be absolutely blowing them out of the water there, and obviously that was not the case, which happens every single time that uh, home dog is 14-point or as a 14-point underdog. I am still fine with the price. Uh, it's not great. It's not terrible. The problem is, again, a guy that is $100 cheaper. I know I don't want to buy into Lamar Miller and his 97-yard run. That's not going to happen again. But he is going up against the Colts defense that is the worst in the league by far at defending opposing running backs uh, catching the ball. Lamar Miller only has 26 targets on the season, but he's going to get a decent amount more, and I could easily see – Texans trying to slow down the game pace a little bit and not trying to get uh, Andrew Luck the ball. So Lamar Miller, who's had, what, six great games out of his last eight, over 20 points, I believe, he could be a better player than Spencer Ware. And people are still hesitant to pay for Lamar Miller, even going up against uh, D that I believe is giving up the 26th mo- – or, yeah, it's 26th in the league at giving up fantasy points to opposing running backs. Do you guys know, I, I don't really follow, like, uh, you know, I don't watch, like, First Take and things like that, so we're outside of that, like, the clips here and there, I'll get on the Twitter machine or something like that. Mango, did you know Houston has won nine games in a row? I had no idea. Yes, I, I do know that, because uh, they, they, they talk about it all the time. I, I watched that, uh, I think I watched the, the Houston Island game, whichever one that was when they won eight in a row. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely a thing, and it's pretty annoying. And, you know, J.J. Watt, he, he, always, he always has to be on the screen to tell you about it. Uh, J.J. always gets his screen time, so they're all about That's to – a likable guy, though. Why are you taking shots at J.J. Watt? Uh, yeah, he, I mean, you know, of course, we're watching, we're watching the Watt brothers, and we had to talk about J.J. more during the Sunday night game. So, I don't know. I, I always try to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want to talk about Dom DiMaggio or Joe DiMaggio? I know that's a really dated reference, but that's the first one that popped in my head. How about Mike Maddox or Greg Maddox? Greg, let's talk about Greg. He's the Cy Young winner. Yeah, speaking of, my ESPN is not in JJ Watt just showed up on my TV. That is so ironic. <laughs> I should have I should have stayed on point and named like, you know, brothers that play football, not, you know, because this is a football podcast. Greg, you have famous brothers that play football that Matt Hasbeck and Tim Hasbeck, obviously. Well they were both terrible. Well, they're both pedestrian. Oh, you Matt Hasselbeck almost won MVP in the year that Sean Alex. The only reason he didn't is because Sean Alexander had 30 touchdowns. <laughs> he was the definition of, like, uh, quarterback manager, right? Whatever, whatever the term they put on. Uh, really? The highest-scoring offense in the entire NFL? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Sean Alexander was fine. Running backs don't – quarterbacks don't matter. None, none, none of it matters, I don't think. But, uh, yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks not mattering, I, we kind of only touched on Mahomes. Uh, do you guys have any quarterback takes to spit out there? Because uh, I don't really know what I'm doing at quarterback the exactly. I'll tell you one. This is, I mean, this is not the first guy I'm going to play. But it's just a funny conversation, I thought. If you, if you believe quarterbacks don't matter, <laughs> there's a quarterback that's starting next week at 4K. 4K Ooh, on DK. Oh, is it Tom Savage? Is Tom Savage starting? Oh, no. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it, okay, so uh, what's his name? Colt McCoy broke his leg tonight. The oh, gosh. 
He's four uh, ten. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I know you're not gonna like it. So nobody's gonna like it. I'm just saying, he's four K. You can get four X and get sixteen points if you believe that that's a thing. By, by the way, speaking of Sanchez, I'm I'm not doing it, but uh, someone said on Twitter I thought it was great. Uh, this is perfect for the nonsense type part of the show. The butt fumble is what he, the butt fumble is what he's famous for, right? But the hot dog eating on the sideline—I mean, that's legendary. We don't give that any credit. No one's eating hot dogs. During and we're not talking about him making it to three AFC Championship games in a row. Career. The well, best he part was is the modern day Tim Hasselback. He was his defense that got him there. It wasn't his throwing. Dude, so the guys Mark Sanchez beat, I saw it on Twitter. It's like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers. Like, it's like literally just like a really good, like, quarterback. Did you know that he has more wins against the Patriots than the entire Houston Texans franchise, Philip Rivers, <laughs> and Andrew Luck combined? Where does that fact come from? Like, how do you have that on call? That's, that's, that's got to be a chop fact. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have not been drinking much since I've been in Denver, and my memory has gotten incredible. <laughs> have you been hitting up the edibles there? What's going on? No, no, no that would ruin my memory. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't know how that works. So, really? yeah, I just tried it. Go, yeah, okay. <laughs> do, you, do you suggest the gummy worms? Like, do you have a hot take or a hello? I mean, if you if you got epilepsy or or chronic pain management, maybe, but that that's a time and place, another time and place. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So Mark Sanchez is there for four K. I I don't know how much salary you'll need. I just thought it was an it's the cheapest quarterback we've seen the entire season, unless I missed something. I don't think we've had a quarterback. Yeah. So it's also interesting. Like we'll get to running backs in a second. The fact that they are all priced up at Todd Gurley status. Uh, Mark Sanchez. You know what? I'm not going to lie. He's actually in play at 4K. Uh, <laughs> they have a 22 implied total at the moment, even knowing that Colt McCoy has broken his leg. I don't think the line has actually dropped at all, meaning that Colt McCoy is not that much of an upgrade over Sanchez, which Colt McCoy was not that much of a downgrade from uh, Alex Smith in terms of Vegas eyes, which is something to be very cognizant. What's it? You said 22? Is it so, that's like, what, five? 22. Goals 22. Yeah, 22 is the implied total going up against uh, the Giants here, who also play at one of the faster paces in the game, who may or may not be relying that much on Saquon. But Chris Thompson is still probably going to be healthy in this next game. He's going to have a full oh. week of practice with the starting unit uh, this week, both Chris Thompson and Mark Sanchez. Chris Thompson has the ability to go off for 80 yards receiving in this game. Um, just based off the dump-offs and the planned screens they're going to have with him. I think that Mark Sanchez is in play at 4K, and the interesting thing with Mahomes is we have three matchups with him versus some of the best defense in the league. It's Baltimore – or not Baltimore, Jacksonville once, and Denver twice. Against Denver, he put up, I think, four touchdowns in one of the matchups and one touchdown in the other. Against Jacksonville, he put up zero touchdowns. He played Pittsburgh and uh, the Chargers early on this season, but that was a completely different scenario where he combined for 10 touchdowns. So it is – like there is some merit to thinking that he still can go off for four touchdowns and for 350 yards here going up against this Baltimore defense. They still have a 30 implied total. They're still seven-point favorites. It's in Arrowhead, which both, which bodes greatly for him. And the one – the place where the Ravens are best at uh, covering – for the opposing pass offenses is against the running back, which is going to be less of a factor now without Kareem Hunton there. So Mahomes at 7K, only $200 more expensive than Roethlisberger, $400 more expensive than Breeze, where people are probably going to end up going there, even though 
teams have been attacking Tampa Bay on the ground heavily over the last few games since the offensive or the defensive coordinator was fired. Tampa Bay has actually been a pretty decent defense, and they've actually been very good at home over the last, what, six, eight matchups with only allowing over 23 points once. So, like, I think Mahomes is one of the best GPP plays on the slate at 7K because I think that people are automatically going to go down to Breeze or go down to Roethlisberger versus a terrible Oakland defense. What about on the other side, Lamar Jackson, presumably in catch-up mode? 5.7K on DK. I mean, do we really want to do that? I get they could potentially go for 100 rushing yards. I have to look at and see uh, how other quarterbacks who had rushing abilities actually did against them. So, man, go ahead and talk on that while I look things up. Yeah, so, I mean, I was just going to say, we talked about the best quarterback on the slate and the worst. Like, but let's, let's talk about the middle for a little bit here. Uh, way too much Mark Sanchez conversation for one podcast. But you brought up hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, that is probably my fault. But I was trying to derail the show, and except you brought it back on with some Mark Sanchez analysis. But anyways, let's get back on track. Uh, ben Rossberger on the road against Oakland. Man, like, I know Oakland's bad, but Big Ben has been annoying the roster. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think I'm going to touch him. I like Drew Brees a little better. Uh, I don't know. Big Ben is going to be a good tournament play, though. He's just been really frustrating. The guys I really like, though, at, like, the – I guess it's mid-K-ish range. They're at 6K, right? Aaron Rodgers against Atlanta. You know how that Atlanta defense is not as great. Sure, they got Deion Jones back, but I do think Aaron Rodgers, you know, rejuvenated with no Mike McCarthy, I think he's going to go all out and have a big game. Really like him as a tournament option. Jameis Winston, uh, he's still in that, like, decent price range. Like, 6.2K, you know, I wish it was cheaper, but uh, this is in the big total they'll likely be trailing all game long I think he's a really interesting option uh, I know Andrew Lucky kind of fell apart uh, against the Jaguars but it's on the road against Houston I think he's perfectly fine he was throwing three touchdowns every game he could easily do that again you got Matt Ryan against Green Bay Green Bay secondary is not that great so he's obviously in play one guy that's super interesting that no one wanted to touch with a 10-foot pole all season but now you kind of see what he did the last two games Jacksonville and Miami he crushed him for 26.3 DK points and 33.74 but the reason why is yeah, the rushing upside. I mean, you're rostering a quarterback and a running back in one, basically. I mean, this is no joke. He had nine rush attempts for 135 yards, which is ridiculous. He's not going to average 15 yards per carry. And then he had 13 rush attempts for 99 last uh, last time against Jacksonville. So, I mean, if you're getting like seven, uh, maybe 12 rush attempts a game, I mean, that's interesting at uh, 5.5K. And they're home, right? We like the Bills when they're home and they get the Jets. And, dude, the Jets are a terrible team. So. What happened last time they played? Okay, that's a one-game sample, first of all. No, yes. no, no. I was saying that is a good argument for Josh Allen. Oh. That Matt Barkley and – No, they didn't but, play, actually, so that's great. But they still put up a – that was one of the lowest totals I think I've ever seen in an NFL game, and the Buffalo still managed to beat the total by themselves. I think they put up 43 points. I could be mistaken there, but they still put up a whole lot of points in that offense. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to mention Josh Allen if we didn't mention him at all. He's a fantastic play. Although this New York defense has been good lately, a lot of that is skewed by the fact that Darnold is in the offense and they kind of leaned heavily on the run. Plus, they played multiple games in very high wind, which is not a normal occurrence for an NFL team over the course of the season outside of maybe Chicago, who they always have wind in their stadium. Um, so Josh Allen could be one of the better plays on the slate, strictly from the rush upside. I mean, everyone gets such a big old – what happens when you take a Viagra pill about him whenever he's on the slate because of his rushing upside. But I mean, we've seen it in a few games. Josh Allen is pretty much the same rushing upside as Lamar Jackson. Cause they're not gonna They've shown that they're not planning on just running run after run after run with him anymore. That was strictly a one week game plan where they didn't have time to prepare and they knew that they'd be able to catch the defense off guard. 
Yeah, another thing about Alan too, like I heard a nugget on, on uh, I think it was the Roto Underworld podcast I listened to, the, the game night one where they go through the games with Ben Gretsch. He talked about like breaking down Millie Maker lineups and how like a lot of rushing quarterbacks have been on it and cheap rushing quarterbacks. Like Josh Allen might fit this build. I just don't know what you want to run it back with. I know Zay Jones was on the Millie Maker winning <laughs> team last week, but uh, I don't know if I want to dive into that. Another cheap quarterback to like, again, we look at San Francisco and that matchup's not going to be as easy for Lindsay on the It ground. all depends on the wide receivers though. That's entirely dependent on if he has his wide receivers. In. Yeah, we could see a funnel for Case Keenum though, right? For the, the San Francisco secondary. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, he goes in the slot a ton. He's not. He's going to avoid Richard Sherman, who's been really good this season. I mean, we could really see a Case Keenum, Emmanuel Sanders stack take this thing down. Uh, one of these big GPPs. So, uh, funnel defense, they're on the road too. That's obviously good for them being on the road because uh, they won't just be ahead maybe for most of the game. It might be more of a battle back and forth where they have to step on the gas pedal a little bit. And they're, they're in the playoff hunt. If you look at that playoff race, you like to talk about the but Zay, Zay Jones, his last three week, weeks have been an like, have been an absolute turd burger. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that hamburger that they, they made that you can like they, they have like gold on the, the the bun is made of gold or something like that. This is what we're talking about. I don't know what bun. you're into. I, I don't know what you're into. <laughs> I follow some weird Twitter accounts apparently. <laughs> Zay, uh, Zay Jones last week, well, you know, nine targets, four catches, sixty-seven yards, two touchdowns. Uh, two weeks ago, well, uh, well, let's skip the week in the middle. But the, uh, then he had before that eleven targets, eight catches, ninety-three yards, and a touchdown. Before that, nada, goose egg. Yeah, uh, his floor is zero, but I guess he's interesting, I suppose. And you're kind of sort of chasing touchdowns too. And uh, this game doesn't really shift if his one's going to shoot out, but he's still just four point two k and dk. And for sure, you get yourself a really, really cheap stack with uh, the Josh the Zay combination platter. Uh, anything else as far as quarterbacks that are worth mentioning? Uh, we, we, you kind of gave, gave the rundown there, man. Go like you, you, you gave a little nugget in every one, but he really emphasized like who your favorite is outside of uh, Allen and tournaments. Uh, yeah, I we never know, talked uh, about Winston, did we? No, I mentioned okay, him. Talk Winston. I mentioned him. I like him. He might I be mean, the guy I go to. Winston is pro- like pretty much week in week out, as long as we're assuming that he's not going to be benched. He's the guy I go with. The spread's only set at eight, which considering how good New Orleans was for so long. And there could be an overreaction to what happened in Dallas last week, but Vegas has been saying, saying the spread against some of the best teams in the league, like the Rams, it was at three and a half. Um, going up against the Eagles, I believe it was at eight and a half. It, they set the next one up at 13 the next week. Going up against a great team like Dallas last week, they had it at eight and a half. And this is a game over in Tampa Bay. Winston going against New Orleans, who has been one of the worst teams in the entire league on the outside. He's not going to have that much to – or not that have that many passes uh, to – what's it called? To Brait, but Godwin and even uh, Mike Evans, who Winston has a uh, propensity just throwing to on the outside over and over again no matter what, even though it didn't happen last week. He'd still be a guy that does a whole lot. But against wide receiver one and wide receiver two in the passing offense, uh, New Orleans is 31st and 32nd in DVOA and against running backs he's 30 they're 32nd in DVOA so there are ways that Winston can get it done and with the bundling of targets in the offense he could potentially be the game-winning game stack of the weekend he's probably the safest guy because of how much they actually pass the ball for 300 yards on this entire slate I got one more for you before we move on to running backs uh Deshaun Watson uh, biggest game of the year has been against Indianapolis he's in a dome it's in December which I love uh, most carries he's had the entire season, probably from some scrambling. But he had 10 carries in that game as well, which was nice to see. Wait, hold on. Now I'm, I'm pulling up the game log. Nope, it was six carries for 41 yards. Nonetheless, I think he got in the box as well. Uh, his biggest fantasy output the entire season, I believe, was against Indian. 
Uh, we're looking at what a six point to four and a half point favorite, forty nine total. So they're projected to score eh, 28 points, give or take. Is that sound about right, Grant? You sign up on that, more or less? Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Nope, 26.75. Uh, and also something to keep in mind with uh, Watson. I think he had one... Uh, run called back from penalty this last week. And also there was a run where he was about to go for an extra 20 yards and got stumbled up and a touchdown. He got stumbled up against some team where he ended up putting up a ton of points. So Watson still has a whole lot more rushing upside than we've actually seen so far this season. He's consistently been a 30 rushing yard floor pretty much the entire season. And this is a game where they're actually going to be in all likelihood coming from behind. Way too long for me to say that this entire time. Uh, well, but, they're favored. Why are they coming from behind? I mean, everyone's buy, they're favored because everyone's going to be buying in way too much to this loss that New England or that Indianapolis had this last week going up against Jacksonville where they got shut out. But prior to this, uh, Luck had three touchdowns in virtually every single game. We look at Watson's game log, and he had a seven-game streak where he threw less 25 passes or less in every single one because they were winning all the most of yeah. those decisively. So – we could see something similar to all the weeks before that, which was 44 passes, 42 passes, 40 passes, 32 passes, 34 passes. So if he gets volume, he's a completely different quarterback and has so much higher of an upside. He still hasn't had a single week this entire season with over two touchdowns, even though his offense is putting up decent numbers on a week-in, week-out basis. So Watson could be in for a very big game here. You are correct. Stud running backs. Mangone, uh, last three weeks, CMC. How many uh, snaps do you think he took off? Three weeks. All of them. How many yeah, stops did he miss? Yeah, it's, he's missed like maybe three. Yeah, that's what Zero. Doing, I guess. Zero, yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, dude does not take a playoff. Zero. Zero. So, yeah, so I actually want to ask you guys a question. 2018 play every down. Yeah, it's, it's crazy what he's doing. I, I did want to ask you guys because uh, we did talk about running back a little bit, but I kind of skimmed past the, the top tier. And the reason why is – I don't really know what I want to do here. Uh, you know, Kamara at 8.1K, he's the kind of guy I gravitate to, right? Because I saw the high total, and I'm like, man, Kamara's going to eat up this, uh, you know, these like linebackers, these corners that are absolutely dead on this Bucks team. Then you look at the um, – look at, like, Mark Ingram. I don't want to play him, but 5.7K is cheap. Um, I don't know. McCaffrey seems like a great spot, but I don't know. It's expensive on him, and Barkley against Washington's not that appealing. Elliott against the Eagles, like, are we that excited about that? But like, then again, Barkley crush him. I just don't know how I want to spend my money on these top-tier running backs. So I'm going to open the floor to you guys. What are you guys thinking? Any hot takes? So it's very interesting right now. You look at DVOA versus the top, let's see, seven running backs. Um, the worst DVO or the best DVOA, I guess, is 25th versus the run in Carolina here. These are the worst run defenses in the league, and they're facing the top seven running backs in the league at this point right now in all likelihood. Um, the one that really stands out to me, is, or the two that really stand out to me, is first, James Conner going up against Oakland. Uh, everyone's going to be worried because of what happened with Spencer Ware last week, but this Oakland defense against the run is absolutely dreadful, and they're still going to be running the ball a lot. Roethlisberger is going to just destroy them even though it's in Oakland and it's only it's an 11 point spread by the way take Oakland in that they're going to cover uh but Pittsburgh is going to be running the ball quite a bit and Connor prior to what three weeks ago was averaging 26 28 touches per game 
And then Zeke, another guy that we know is going to be heavily involved in the offense every single time. He's very involved in the passing game. They set up screens for him every single week. We saw it against New Orleans. They're going up against a Tampa Bay defense – or not Tampa Bay, sorry, a Philly defense that has been targeted with the run multiple times over the last, what, seven weeks. Even though most of their cornerbacks are out, teams still choose to run the ball on them fairly often, and they are near the like, middle of the pack in terms of pass. They will try and take away the top option in Zeke, but it doesn't matter. They've shown that even going against a New Orleans team that is one of the best in the league versus the run, if I remember correctly. Um, and No? Yeah, one of the best in the league versus the run and one of the worst versus the pass. They're still going to run the ball with Zeke. Zeke's still getting 25 carries and on all likelihood probably six to eight targets here. Zeke is going to be the guy that often gets is probably going to get overlooked in this scenario here, and Zeke could crush. By the way, AP also – had a 90-yard run against this Eagles offense tonight <laughs> or even tonight. Monday Night Football, man, it brings it out in the old man. Lamar Miller had a 97-yard touchdown in uh, AD all day. Adrian Peterson had a 90-yard touchdown, like you said. Uh, just a note, Connor missed, uh, left last game. They're saying it was minor, but if he doesn't play, uh, Jalen Samuels could be interesting at 3.7K. And that kind of leads us into uh, Mangota's work. You know, we, they've already said Breed is out. And I know he's been in, he's been out, and he's like sometimes he plays, sometimes he doesn't. I think he's out. I think he's out for good, uh, at least for at least for this week. That's all we care about. Uh, there's a person named Jeff Wilson Jr. who got a ton of garbage time last week, caught nine, uh, eight passes on nine targets uh, in a game against Seattle when they were getting walloped. Um, I, I wanted to find out like more information about him. You know, you, uh, Mango, you mentioned uh, the podcast. What's the name with the with the Podfather? What's it, the Rotor Underworld, right? Uh, they have that player profiler.com. Uh, I'm, I'm plugging his name in, and they usually give you like a comp, and they say, well, this guy is most like this guy. They don't even know who this guy is, unless <laughs> I'm typing it in wrong. I mean, Grant's got to uh, – Grant, uh, do you know what his height is? Because you, you know the height of everyone, apparently. Um, he is five foot eight, two inches taller than Cohen. All right, I'm gonna do a quick uh, Google search on this. See, let's see if he. Oh, this gotcha. yeah, I, was, I was hoping that you were. Yeah, uh, he's six foot, uh, 194. So, uh, small dude, 23 years old. What's the player profile say? Does it say good things about him or what? His name doesn't come up. Like they don't acknowledge his existence. He he, he was on 54 of 78 snaps last week. He's 3.8 K, and again, he catches the ball a ton. Uh, he was on he was on the floor on the floor. I'm thinking of basketball. He was on the uh, the field. Uh, yeah, plenty. Uh, and again, I, I don't know. I, he seemed to be, it looks like he's the next man up as far as Jeff Wilson Jr. I know they have use check out there. It's kind of lurking too, the fullback. Uh, but from what I can tell, as of Monday night at least, I, I think this is a potential chalk option, Grant. What say you? Uh, so it's an interesting scenario because you have to remember. So earlier on the season, Morris is completely out of the offense. They're, they're not dealing with Morris and may revisit it this week as a change of pace back. He was a healthy scratch last week, I believe. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch last week, and they've been doing weird things all season. Obviously, they had Morstead that they were really high on earlier on the season. They broke his arm, real sad injury, but he'll be back. I'm sure uh, they have Brita, who's obviously the guy that came up when McKinnon went out uh, along with Morris. But Jeff Wilson Jr., not Jeff Wilson, Jeff Jeff, whatever his name is. Yeah, it is Jeff Wilson Jr. He's yeah. a guy that was heavily involved <laughs> going up against Tampa Bay. Like, they had Breida healthy, and they were throwing him into the game because he's a great guy to go in there on third downs and is a fairly versatile back. I mean, apparently Mangone mentioned his height and weight, and he's a bit of a skinny guy. But he should be getting the brunt of this offense here. I think they had Mike Day. Was that the guy that was also taking a few of the snaps this week after uh, what's-his-name went out? 
Uh, Apparently, Jeff Wilson Jr. got hurt too. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like this situation. Yes, <laughs> I mean, like I Google it. It says Jeff Wilson. I didn't see got that during the game. I don't, I don't know. I think he was playing in the very last series when like, San Francisco was calling timeouts with like forty seconds to go, down thirty. I don't know what they were doing, but uh, I'm pretty sure he was on the field. But maybe he was hurt and playing through it. He was powering through. I don't know. Uh, who are you suggesting? Another guy, as far as another running back, that you're saying that was playing. Uh, Matt Davies, uh, halfback, got one carry or uh, one touch, or he was in on one play for it. I, I was literally just – I was, I was talking out of my tush there and just looking at the box score. And that was the first thing I saw. But, I mean, regardless, you're getting a starting running back in a scenario where uh, they're currently five-and-a-half-point dogs, but it is going up against tough Denver defense. I mean, I don't want to say there's another Carlos Hyde scenario because that was a great scenario last week. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> like it is – like, we don't, who knows? Alfred Morris might not be a healthy scratch. Hopefully we get some – like, this is Monday. But I'm guessing, yeah, it's probably going to be chalk. It's worth fading. But, I mean, I'll, I'll probably end up playing it because I'm a big dummy. Yeah, he, he got hurt, by the way, but he came back in. So, uh, he, he powered through it. Uh, so, that was good to see. Uh, Dean, rank the top guys for me. Because, uh, I, I, again, I'm – there's Dean no – like, I'm, I'm the host. I don't have to give any analysis. I, I can throw it. Man, no, you're the quote-unquote – you guys can't see me, but I'm doing the finger experts right now. Uh, Mango, you rank the top guys. I, I don't know which way I want to go. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's I really don't. Like, Aaron, Aaron Jones, like, I kept building out a team. Like, I really don't know which route I want to go with the top-tier running backs, which is, like, surprising. It's, I, I, it sounds like I just want to jam in CMC because the dude just keeps printing every single week. Like, that's a for every play. That's the most important thing is the being on the field, yeah, right? Yeah, so, like, that's uh, the guy I think. It's either him. Like, I'd probably rank him uh, CMC 1. I'd go Kamara 2, Zeke 3, and then Barkley 4, I guess, of the quote-unquote stud running backs. I'm not, I'm not including Gordon and Connor because they're both questionable. Um, and then from there, it's like the next tier, I guess it's Aaron Jones. Then it follows with Philip Lindsay and Eckler are kind of in a debate going back and forth. And I like Grant's Chris Thompson call from earlier. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we go down to uh, your buddy, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah. Well, I, we just met like eight minutes ago. I mean, I, I mean yeah, I was, uh, I was watching, you know, I know I've heard his name throughout the season occasionally, but I'm, again, this is a Monday night take. Who knows what's going to happen for, for San Fran. But as of this moment, as of this podcast, he seems pretty interesting. We live in the world of a salary cap, and he is super, super cheap. Uh, let's jump the receivers. Grant, give us the uh, lay of the land up top. No, man, the position I probably looked at the least because, you know, with the internet, but obviously we got the guys at the top. We got Devontae Adams going up against a not good, uh, whatever it is, defense. We got Juju and AB going up against a not good Oakland defense. We have Michael Thomas going up against a not good Tampa Bay defense. We have OBJ, who's guaranteed 10 targets. We have Tyreek Hill going up against a good defense. We have Julio Jones that's underpriced again. We have Hopkins. We have Evans. Like, to me, and then obviously Keenan Allen, who absolutely just destroyed going up against one of the worst defenses in the league right now. Obviously the worst against the run, according to what Mangone said. By the way, how good of a call was it me bringing up that the Rams were the second worst defense against the run? I'm just going to stroke my own ego there. Um, but you have a lot of guys that are pretty much guaranteed targets and great matchups here. I expect a whole lot of people to be on Juju, AB, Michael Thomas, and Devontae Adams here, but I'm not sure that's the greatest idea in the world. You can go with these guys that essentially have the same ceiling, and we've seen guys in good matchups completely miss. We saw Tyreek Hill this last week. We saw a few Michael Thomas on Thursday Night Football. Like, it's no guarantee that these guys are going to hit, so I think you go with the guys that are least owned. Obviously, it's Monday. Who knows what that'll be? 
my favorite guys from this top the top of this list here are probably Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and OBJ in all likelihood. Even though they're not the best raw point per dollar guys on the slate, when you incorporate ownership in them, they could end up being the best plays. Mango, your thoughts? So I think this is where we fight and we like uh, each take a top tier receiver because I think there's a lot of good ones. And uh, is this where you like make the bet on it? Uh, I'll take my stand on Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas. I like those two guys as my, uh, you know, one and two here in this range. Michael Thomas is just an absolute stud. Drew Brees looks for him all the time. He just doesn't care. Uh, right. You kind of get a little worried that the Saints might get up a little too much and they just run the ball. That is something that I obviously get a little worried about. But man, there's just so much touchdown upside with Michael Thomas. He catches every single pass thrown his way that's how efficient he's been this season love Michael Thomas uh and then Devontae Adams one interesting stat on him did you know he has like the he's had the toughest cornerback matchups this entire season so far of any player so look at what he's been doing too with the toughest matchups 23 23.3 17.9 29.6 21.7 16.0 21.3 38.2 32 I can keep going Dean I mean he has just absolutely been a stud all season the lowest he's produced is 16.1 like, that's just insane, and he's had the toughest cornerback matchups. What is he going to do this Atlanta team? And they're home too, right? That's obviously a safe thing you want because the Packers have been a little sketchy this year, losing to uh, the Cardinals at home before. But, man, I, I think I'm going to side with either Devontae Adams or Mike Thomas as my guy. And as a Packer fan, I'll make Devontae Adams my, uh, my favorite wide receiver play on the entire slate. So here's the thing, Grant. Uh, I wanted to mention this before the show, but now that we're doing it live, we're doing it live! Uh, so, Grant, we have to make, make sure Mango loses. This is the only opportunity we have the entire season to force Mango to make a tweet. So we can't squeeze – we can't pull Carlos Hyde Oh, by the way, guys, I should mention that I lost the tweet bet last week. We got a good one that we did Mad Lib style where Dean had to give me three words and I created it into a tweet. Turned out real weird, and I'm going to – like, I, if I'm in a mental institution after this tweet, you'll know exactly why. Are we going to share with the people or just going to kind of appear on your, on your Twitter uh, timeline? I mean, we'll do it at the end of the show, so guys, keep – yeah, we're going to share it uh, at okay. the end of the, the, end of the pod. Anyways. Are, that, are that's, you, what they call, that's what they call a tease in the business, Grant. Yeah, so – They call it a tease, but it, it, it's not the best time to tease, but it's like 10 minutes before the pod ends. <laughs> we're yeah. basically at the end. That, we should have teased up top, but that was the whole that, – that's on me, I suppose. Yeah. As the, I'm, doing, I'm doing air quotes as the host. Yeah, um, by the way, man, going in the last four weeks, I believe that Tampa Bay defense has averaged less than 20 points – given up per game on top yeah less than 20 points at home this season they've only allowed more than 27 points once all season only allowed more than 23 points i think twice uh so like this tampa bay defense is a lot better than people give it credit for now yeah uh, well they, they they fire their defensive coordinator grant and like ever since then they've yeah. absolutely been lights out yeah not about so lights out but really good I mean, again, this is going against New Orleans, but Tampa Bay still has the ability to put a lot of points on the board here. Um, if you want Michael Thomas, I will absolutely let you have that. If I, I want Devontae Adams. That's who I'm going with. So I like uh, Michael oh, Thomas, but I want Adams. Well. I just said that Devontae was guess. my He's favorite. Yes, we got to let, let him pick first. He's a guest. Yeah, and I said he was my favorite player in the Tyrus State. I took a stand. I didn't take a stand on the NBA show with my uh, final pick, and now I'm taking a stand, and you're getting mad at me. What do you guys want here? I don't we care. just want to complain either way. I don't, that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah, we just want excuses. Yeah, valid point. Um, yeah, while we're here, Grant, well, who, do, who do you want to put your, uh, your tweet behind? Because, again, you're in a losing streak right now, I believe. And, again, we have to make sure Mango loses. But the problem is I think he chose wisely. He chose wisely. I think Adams actually is the big knight versus Atlanta. I'm with Mango, unfortunately. I mean, if you want to go smart, you'll go with Pittsburgh and go with Antonio Brown. I'm going with Keenan Allen. 
I know I'm following the just absolute monster week he put up this last week, but this offense is very different without Melvin Gordon in it. They'll concentrate more on Keenan Allen. Since Keenan Allen complained about his usage, I think he said 10 targets in virtually every single game. Keenan Allen is the best route runner in the entire game. I've been saying that for about two years now, and people are trying to starting to see it after this great game he put up last night. The touchdown equity is entirely different. Yes, Eckler has a few touchdowns this season, but if Melvin Gordon ends up not playing, they've been a run-first team, and they will still be fairly run-heavy this week, but uh, red zone usage, like Keenan Allen has 12 red zone targets on the season, which isn't nearly as much as he was on pace for last season. He went the first six weeks of the season, I believe, without a touchdown, or he might have had one touchdown there, but now it's starting to look like they're going to be targeting him heavily. They can't just focus on him in the red zone anymore with Mark, Mike Williams in this offense and the big wide receiver that he is. Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams are only deep bomb guys, so Keenan Allen's going to continue to get these short dump-offs on a week-in, week-out basis without Melvin Gordon in the lineup. So if Melvin Gordon is out again, Keenan Allen could be the top-scoring wide receiver on this entire slate again. All right. I'm going to take one of the Pittsburgh guys. I mean, again, I was watching that uh, Kansas City game, and Hill kept getting behind the defense, and he just kept getting overthrown. Uh, he could have had a monster game. So I think either Juju or, or Brown, they're going to get behind that Oakland secondary. Uh, Juju probably more the burner, but let's go with the safer play. Let's go with Brown. I want to make sure Mango loses here, so I'll take Antonio Brown. Uh, it's not happening, boys. I'm winning this one. It's yeah, good, good luck with that. It's not going to work out too well. This offense is going to be different without Mike McCarthy at the helm. They're going up yeah. against the Atlanta team that will focus the receptions and targets on the running back here, still at 26% on the season of target share to opposing running backs. It's going to be the Aaron Jones show. And Roth, or Rodgers is still going to do quite a bit, but Cobb's also back in the offense. Most of Adams' production has been without Cobb in the offense, if I remember correctly. And so with Cobb back in the offense, it's a different scenario. Hey, I got 16.1 every single game this season. So that's what I'm starting with, and uh, we'll see what I end with. That's great. That's not enough to win it, this bet, considering three of the last four weeks we picked the top guy each and every week. I did not do well with Carlos Hyde, let me put it that way. One of us picked CMC. I don't know who who to buy pick. I don't recall. But I think um, you actually picked Todd Gurley instead, which is still pretty much the same bet. Oh, all right. Either way, um, yeah. But there's a person named uh, Trent Sherfield. You may you may hear this week. Uh, looks like he's in line for some run. Uh, he's the receiver for the Cardinals. He is stone minimum on DK. And uh, what's Christian Kirk is out. Yeah, I think he's done for the year. Uh, AJ Green also done for the year too. So Trent Sherfield might like be the wide receiver Q here. At Arizona, just throwing it out there. You need a cheapie. Uh, he's somebody you might hear. Uh, is there anybody else in the mid tier that, that, that kind of if that's interesting? You may go know. We talk about the big uh, the big boys up top, and you know we're almost done here. Feel free to talk about tight ends. Uh, uh, we saw Urza had a pretty big night. I'm money that didn't get in the box, but plenty of usage for sure. I think he had his biggest night of uh, the season against Dallas. Uh, we talked about Zeke. Zeke had his biggest night of the season, I believe, against Philly as well. So both of those uh, studs, you know, prime for a, a nice a nice rematch here. Uh, Mangone, some other dudes from the road. Let's fire some out there. Yeah, so uh, Godwin and Humphreys, we talked, them, talked about them a little bit. I think they're both really good options for cheap that you could look to. Emmanuel Sanders, I, I already talked about him in that slot, so he's a really good play. I would definitely be considering him as well. Um, 
let me see. There was a couple others I wanted to mention. Oh, Kenny Galladay, right? Uh, the amount of targets that he is seeing seems like a good call here. T.Y. Hilton's always better on the fast track in the dome, right? We talked about that game in, uh, sure. in December. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to kind of go to him as an interesting option. Uh, there's some good guys in the mid-tier. It's not that bad at all. Uh, you know, Miami, we've attacked them throughout the season. If you want to go Josh Gordon, you could, but not one of my favorites. Uh, but 6K is a good price for him. And Tyler Boyd, too, with no A.J. Green. Uh, I don't know. It depends what where you stand. Are you team uh, – you want A.J. Green in to help Boyd, or do you just want all the targets for Tyler Boyd? So I, I kind of want him. I kind of want him out there. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, but uh, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of intri- interesting options there in the mid-tier. So, uh, yeah, a lot of ways to differentiate yourself here in the 6K range. I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want Driscoll throwing the ball. I guess that's we buried the lead as far as Tyler Boyd. What, why? Wait, 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 I wait. mean, Driscoll, Driscoll did great in his first appearance there. Yeah. Chucking hey. the ball over the place. Just don't uh, – Just don't. you can overlook the fact that he was facing the Broncos this week who are, I believe, the number one pass defense in the league. He's gonna, he was rushed every time. He still put up 37 throws. We can, he put up 29 throws in the second half of a game of the week before. They're going to be passing the ball all over the place. He still ended up with 11.7 points, even though he only threw one touchdown. He had a fumble and an interception. This is a different scenario going up against a worse defense. We spent like eight minutes of the show talking about uh, Sanchez and, and, his, uh, and his hot dogs. Uh, and his butt fumbles and can be in 4K. Driscoll score four. You guys prefer Driscoll at four four? It's just the uh, the Chargers not that appealing of a matchup, but I don't know. Yeah. It makes some sense. Like, I, listen, I played Tyler Boyd. I think I was I was tracking. I had a good team in the two hundred twenty two dollar. And uh, man, Tyler Boyd was 06 percent owned, and he got hurt. And I, man, I was right. Right stinking there, man. Uh, if Tyler Boyd doesn't get hurt and I get the Cody Core touchdown instead, you I would have had my season-long team again. Is that, is that what you're asking for? No, no, definitely not asking for that. But, uh, <laughs> man, uh, Dean, I know Tyler Boyd has given you havoc all season and he's made me a ton of money. So uh, I'm going to keep going back to the well and some Tyler Boyd. Uh, despite well, you the- had, to be fair, you, that was the beginning of the year when you were hammering him. You haven't been playing much of late, have you? No, but, man, I hit him last week and he wasn't bad last week for 0.6% ownership, man. He was on track to have a really big day. Poor board. Um, uh, Galladay, by the way, you mentioned he was like one toe away from getting there this week, too. Oh, you know, I know. Like also, he's a matchup uh, versus Patrick Peterson this week in all likelihood. So, look for Bruce Ellington to have a huge game at 3.8K. Yeah, so, Bruce sense. Ellington's going to get like 11 catches for 26 yards. <laughs> yeah, what's that in PPR? <laughs> uh, he's fine. They haven't really raised his price. He's still 3.8K. Yeah, he has no ceiling, but like. He's going to probably catch yeah, like No ceiling? Points. Imagine if he broke one off for a touchdown. What's the ceiling there, 23? Well, I mean, sure, imagine. <laughs> by, by, my tweets. <laughs> by the way, spe- speaking of cheap receivers, I got to, you know, tribute to Bobby Fye here. Robbie Anderson, 3.6K. We expected Jeff to be trailing. <laughs> I have to mention Bobby Anderson for Bobby. <laughs> well, you got, well, you might as well not give a tribute to Grant and mention Jermaine Kerr's too. Both these guys love the Jeff team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like, you could go for him, but uh, I'm, I'm team Robbie Anderson instead. We can move the tight end quick. I mean, Kelsey gets the, the price uh, bump, right, for playing the Ravens, 6.7K. Like, that's just pretty crazy to think. Uh, I don't know who you want, Grant, but, like, man, Rob Gronkowski's 4,800. Uh, I don't know if you want to pay 4,800 for a right Ugh. tackle, but, uh, hey, you, you can play a right tackle for $4,800 if you want. He used to be a, an absolute stud, but he hasn't been too great lately. Yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. We also have Ebron at 5,700. Obviously got a huge price bump. But look at the games that Ebron has had with, uh, without Doyle in the offense here, and it re- becomes really interesting. Not just looking at production, but just looking at the target totals. 
in all these games. No one's really going to want to pay that much for him. But he still had 15 targets in this last game. I think he might actually be injured right now. But he was going up against Jacksonville, which is one of the better offenses or defenses in the league against the tight end. Against New England, 15 targets. Against Houston, 10 targets. Against Philly, 11 targets. He's obviously the main go-to guy in the red zone. He currently has 12 touchdowns on the year, even though he's had a few tough matches throughout the year here. And obviously Doyle back in the offense at certain times. This guy without Doyle in the offense just has an incredible, incredible target share on a week-in, week-out basis. Houston right now, 31st in DVOA versus the tight end. Um, not very good at guarding it. Obviously, Kelsey and Ertz are still in play. But Ebron, like, people are just not going to want to pay this price for him, and it's absolutely a ridiculous idea here. Love Ebron. And then if you want to go off the board, uh, Driscoll targeted Uzoma 13 times, I believe, in the – or he got 13 total targets. I think eight were from – Driscoll, Uzoma, eight targets this last week against Denver. Um, so Uzoma could be in for a big game at 3,500, even though he didn't pay off his price tag very big in this last matchup with only eight points. 3,500 isn't going to kill you. And then um, I, 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 I've got nothing else for China. One, one last one. Talk to himself. Oh, go ahead there, big guy. Uh, Matt Lacoste, uh, he got one target last week, but he was supposed to be the guy for Hurman. Uh, it is the Niners, and they're terrible against the pass. So maybe take uh, a shot on him at 2700 one last time. He would have cost too many dollars last week. I don't know if I can go. I, I, I bought in. I, I fired Lacoste. Just so you know, you just stole that joke from Crane. He said that on Sunday. So Oh, no. Really? Is oh, that a Crane classic joke? Dean. Classic I Dean. Know, I did not know that. Stealing oh. from Crane. Classic. That's a classic dad joke. No, I, that that's no. I'm, first of all, I'm sure everybody's made that joke. Like that's it's just right there. Uh, I prefer Abercrombie. You, you can keep your Lacoste. Uh, but nobody's made that terrible joke. That's even worse. Yeah, um, yeah, please move on. That was terrible. Yeah, I think it's time to talk about. <laughs> I think it's time to talk about defense, even though it doesn't matter, right? One, I just want to say is yeah, that, no, it doesn't. We don't talk about defense. In the well, uh, well, Dude, well I know you're a longtime loyal listener of the podcast. You don't miss a week at all. Uh, you always like after you know the next day, Tuesday, right in the morning. You leave me a bunch of notes in the Skype chat and tell me, hey, this, I like this point, I like that point. And I appreciate that. Thanks for the support of the podcast. We don't really talk about defenses. That's basically, you know, unless you have a, you have a quick hit as far as defense. Yeah, I got one quick hit on it. Uh, 2,300 on DraftKings, uh, the Redskins defense. Uh, they get to play the Giants. Eli Manning loves to just fall on the ground and take sacks. Uh, it's 2,300. Probably will help make your lineup work really well. And uh, they got 15 points the last time they played the G-Men. So there you go. It's interesting Baltimore's too, too. I know they're playing against Kansas City, but that's just interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think Steelers are the best one going against Oakland. Obviously, I think they're, what, second in the league in terms of sacks right now. So, yeah. Yeah, do we get to the nonsense? Or has this entire thing been nonsense? Well, I think the Lacoste joke was definitely nonsense. I apologize. I'm going to delete my account when we get off the show. I should not have said any of that. I regret everything. Yeah, I apologize to Crane, too, for stealing his joke. Well, no, I, I didn't know. <laughs> he should have to delete his account also. But I made two terrible Lacoste jokes. Uh, by the way, his price went up. And he's now 2-7, I believe. Uh, and I'll, I'll be back, maybe. We shall see. But, you know, punts. Um, tell the people what happened there as far as the tweet. We, we were playing Mad Libs Grant before the show. And yes. you were, like, name, like, three things. And we just pieced together a tweet. And this is what you're firing out uh, tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, one was candy corn, one was shake weight, and one was Mr. Potato Head. So the tweet this week is, just got done with a mad intense sesh on my shake weight. Now I'm going to hammer down three pounds of candy corn, chasing it with some expired eggnog. While Mr. Potato Head looks at me the shame, same shameful way my father did after I said Sister Act 2 was my favorite movie. 
<laughs> I think just calling it Nog is funny. Just drop the A. Just call it Nog. I didn't, I didn't, Nog. Oh, it, it is. It is under Nog. I don't know if I said egg on accident. Who? Egg's implied. Egg who? The, the egg is implied. If you say Nog, I think the egg is just implied, right? You yeah, know, people yeah. just know automatically. Yeah. I mean, unless they're assuming Noggin. No, I think it's a popular drink around Thanksgiving. You know, for some reason, people think it thinks it tastes better in November or in December. It tastes it tastes terrible all year round. Let's make go. Do you have a hot take as far as eggnog? You probably never had it before. No, I mean, yeah, eggnog's terrible, and it's it's similar to Thanksgiving food. Like, it's not that great. If we liked it, we would eat it all year Shut round. Shut up, man. Go. Shut your mouth. Mango, you're welcome back in the pod uh, anytime. We we thank you for uh, for joining, especially if you're gonna you know have these positive takes because. Seriously, great. Thanks. Show me a Thanksgiving food item that's better than honey baked ham. Like, show me. I'll wait. Stuffing, mashed potatoes. Oh, I do. Stuffing's the one. Sweet I'll potato eat. pie. Ridiculous. Gravy. Um, Gravy is better than a honey baked ham. Gravy you drink from a saucer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the podcast. We don't have a question this week. We didn't have one like going into the show and. I don't know. Tell us something in the comments. Maybe give us, like, uh, tell us what the question to be next week if you want to tell us that in the comments section here on rotorgrinders.com. Mango, do you want to have a, you know, anything for people to remember you want? Remember, you got to remember, uh, you got to end on a high note. So end strong. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I mean, I can give you the lineup I did, right? The uh, the Bobby Fi make oh, a lineup throughout the show. Make sure to leave three off. Oh, yeah. yeah come on. Okay. It's the, the DK guidelines. Come on, Mango. Okay, so here we go. I, I gotta, is it three off or is it two off? How many do I have to leave off? I think yeah. it's two. Uh, just don't, don't give us defense, obviously. I got yeah. it. I have it. I have it figured out. I have it figured out. This is an easy way to do it. I got uh, Josh Allen at the quarterback. I paired him up with Zay Jones for a little quarter. <laughs> okay. um, then we ran with your Jeff Wilson Jr., who we discussed. Uh, Grant, if you're to him when he's talking about running backs, he talked about Ezekiel Elliott as a really good tournament play. Then you got uh, you got uh, Travis Kelsey as the tight end because he's kind of too cheap today. I, I shoved I uh, shoved in the flex spot. You don't don't normally do that, Dean, but uh, it just happened. Uh, we got four wide receivers on this team. We got Sherfield. Uh, he's going to be in there as the cheapie that maybe hits home. Uh, this lineup is gross. Uh, you got to fi- fire this like in the four dollar or something like that. Just get it out there. Get it out there. The this might be a milli maker, man. We might go all the way uh, with this team. And then uh, I won't say the defense and I won't say the receivers, but uh, I'll give a hint. It was uh, one of the is two of the three that we talked about. So there you go. Well, yeah, it was Washington defense. I'm not doing the math, but I'm well, doing well, what are you doing, Dean? This, this <laughs> is at the pod. Hypothetically, it was Washington defense. Uh, Grant, you have something uh, for the people for the road? I mean, I don't, don't, don't be like me. That's it. Like, just end a period in a sentence? Just I mean, in general? I guess not. Also, the Arbinator from Arby's is just a culinary masterpiece. Go get it. Just get your heart burned. Make sure you make it the double amount of roast beef because the normal amount is. Wait, hold on. Out. I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize. The Arbinator is like a real, it's not something like the onion made of. That's a real sandwich. Uh, yeah, it's roast beef, horsey sauce, cheese, curly fries, and I'm not entirely sure if barbecue sauce is in there. I, I get some extra Arby's. By the way, how is Arby's just – oh, we'll call our barbecue sauce Arby sauce for some reason. It's not like a million people. It's kind of like Mac sauce being just Thousand Island. Fries are on the sandwich or it's a side of fries? No, it's curly fries. By the way, Arby's – one of the few places that actually offers curly fries and some of the best curly fries. Also, the best fast food mozzarella sticks. Sure, I've already said that before. Well, who's the second best fast food mozzarella sticks? They're running out of post. 
No, no, there's another one. I believe that Jack in the Box has mozzarella sticks. They also have bacon cheddar potato wedges that are far superior. Uh, Mango, do you like your fries crazy or sane? Uh, I mean, I always like a good loaded fries with bacon and cheese. I mean, if I can get it that way, I'm all in. I don't want that. I'm talking about the, the, the – never mind. You went off the board. I wasn't talking about the fixings. That's the end of the pod, boy. I, I don't know why we're talking about food now. That's it. I don't know if that's a high note or not. Uh, it's a little bit better than my dad joke, which is absolutely terrible, and I apologize for that. My cat will be booted. Uh, Bobby, uh, we will hopefully see you next week. Uh, get your internet situated. Thank you. Thank you for stepping in. Thank you. still doing laundry. You're doing his tax. Tax is there. It's about modest Bobby. That's Grant. That's Van Gogh. I'm Dean. Good luck for week 14 NFL DFS. We're out of here. Out. Thank you.